What's up, guys? Welcome to the Bladed Wedge Show. It's August 10th, 2020. We're just guys who love watching golf, talking golf, and most importantly, playing golf. I'm Trey Pizzetti, and I'm here with my good friend, Alex Checo. How you doing, man? Good, man. Fresh off uh, PTO week down the beach. Um, bummed I missed last uh, week's episode, but unfortunately, there was that uh, hurricane that kind of blew through the Jersey Shore and just killed the Wi-Fi. Couldn't get onto my hotspot. Was trying all sorts of things to get internet, but just wasn't working. Yeah, I mean, we had a good episode just me last week, but we're glad to have you back. It was obviously a, a pretty insane weekend with the PGA Championship, which we'll get to. But first, I wanted to uh, talk to you about your Pinehurst trip that you planned. Give me, give me the details and the background on that. Yeah, so big trip. Um, we're going October twenty second through the twenty fifth. Uh, my one buddy invited me on it. Um, and we got 12 guys. We're doing a six V six Ryder cup format. We're doing six rounds in four days. Um, we got an Airbnb pretty close to downtown Pinehurst. Um, so we'll be able to check out some of the cool spots around that area. Um, and it should be a good trip. We have a, a big email chain going on right now where we're kind of figuring out logistics matches. We're going to do a, um, like a virtual call sometime in September to figure out like teams. We're going to do a draft. We're going to get the agenda finalized in terms of um, like who's playing who, what days, what courses. Um, but it was a no brainer for me to try and, to try and uh, make work today. That is awesome. Uh, I love the Ryder Cup format. Are you guys yeah. going to have handicaps going in? Yeah, yeah. So we have a live Google Doc right now where we're actually tracking our indexes um, because all the guys are playing a lot of golf trying to gear up. So yeah. we're posting scores and uh, we're keeping everyone honest in terms of uh, sandbagging for this thing. I love that. Are you? Uh, you haven't been playing too much though. You better get get going a little bit. Or have you been playing last week? So I played last week. Um, I played Shoregate, which is kind of the course I've been gravitating towards down the beach. Okay. Um, played pretty well, and then I played Chester Valley on Saturday, which is a course in Philly. I came back from the beach. Um, super, super tough course. Uh, didn't play that well, though. Um, so I'm definitely trying to uh, get some more rounds in before this event. Can't, yeah. I cannot go down there and, and play bad golf. No, absolutely not. Well, the good part is uh, when you get back in September, like stop going to the beach as much. You'll be yeah. able to really grind, and honestly, the big thing is got it's short game for that kind of stuff. So definitely gonna 100%. have to spend some time around the practice screen. Hundred percent, definitely. And then the other big thing, just kind of an update on Alex and I. I'm going down to the shore this weekend, so <laughs> I'm going down. Gonna meet up with Chico probably in Philly, and then we're gonna drive the hour, hour and a half to the, the beach. And uh, Chico and I met each other up in Boston, so we're going down and gonna see some friends from there. Um, so pretty excited about that one. I don't know if you're ready for it, Trey. I don't know if I am either, man. I don't know. I'm not in, in practice like uh, like I used to be, but it's going to be a great weekend either way. So you've been uh, typically a North Jersey guy, right? So you've never been to South Jersey? Yeah, so I've been down a lot, a lot, a, a couple times, Bayhead area, um, but not down to South Jersey. So it's going to be a, a, a new experience. It's a different world, man. It's a different world. I can't wait. I also just need a, a nice, uh, some time on the beach, some time in the sun, and, and maybe a little swimming in the ocean. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm hoping it's nice weather. I've been kind of keeping my eye on the forecast. 
And it's not looking good right now, but it's always a crapshoot down there. Yeah. It's like says it's going to rain, and then it's like sunny. Yeah, we'll make it work either way. Um, so excited about that. And then the last thing I want to talk about before we get into the tea sheet, I hope you guys followed my bets that I posted on Instagram on Friday or on Wednesday. Pretty good weekend for me. I uh, had some big winners with Tony Finau, top 20, Daniel Berger, top 20, um, and then a Webb Simpson fade. So definitely keep checking out the Instagram for that. Um, and, and we'll move into the Blade of the Wedge T-Sheet. So obviously the big uh, talk in the world of golf is the PGA Championship at TBC Harding Park this weekend. Um, great tournament overall. Want to kind of kick it off by talking about the course conditions. Um, honestly, it seemed like it was a great layout, especially for the risk-reward. Uh, the rough was really deep, but what were your kind of takeaways on, on the course? I don't think it played as hard as they made it out to to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was like a fair golf course. I thought the greens were really good and it had a uh, good um, – like a lot of people were saying the greens were rolling fine, like no issues there um, because it is kind of a, a muni track. So it's similar to a um, – Tory Pines in like Southern California. Yeah. So you, you do have like a lot of public play. Um, you, you, you probably have a ton of, you know, tea times that are going out every, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So th- there is that approach to it, but I think they did a good job of like slowing down the play leading up to the event. Um, rough was definitely long, totally dependent on the lie you had. You could hit in the rough and you'd be completely screwed or it would be sitting up and you could actually play it. Um, happy with the, the conditions all week, no real complaints there. And I think it played to, to par. Yeah, I totally agree. I think they did, they did a great job. Um, obviously they put a ton of money into that, into making that course, um, you know, the major championship level back in the two thousands and then kind of went back and redid it a little bit, uh, this week. And, uh, just awesome to see when these guys are playing public courses, kind of like Beth played black. It's just it's just cool to see them playing on that type of, of course and something that's so accessible. Um, but, you know, the, the big story of the weekend is, is Colin Marikawa. I mean, absolute stud, played well all week, but really just close Saturday and, and Sunday. Um, there was that huge group of six to nine golfers right around that minus 10 mark, and then he just went off with that chip in, and then the drive on 16 and the eagle pot, and then really almost burdering 17, 8, and 18 also when the pressure was on. Uh, but, you know, what, what did you kind of take away from his performance, and, and how did you feel uh, he, he kind of separated himself? Yeah, so it was, it was a great leaderboard all throughout Sunday. I think we had that couple guys bunched up, minus 9, minus 10, and it got to minus 11. I think what separated it was you're always going to have a couple shots where it, you see that one or two guys break away from that pack. And I think it started with Morikawa's chip in yep. on, what was it, like 14 or 15? He hits that. He, he chips in, makes birdie. Okay, then he's got some momentum going. And then he has like a one-stroke lead going into 16. And 16 sets up perfect for the high fade that he was playing the entire week. Um, I think before he hit it, uh, Nance was like, this hole just sets up absolutely perfect for him. Yeah. He hit, then he hits that high fade, and it was just going right at it. It's absolutely perfect. Rolls up to four feet, and it's like, okay, ball game. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, ball game, it's over. I know, and he read that putt perfectly. 
yeah. you know, uh, and, and absolutely drained it. I thought, you know, the, the really the impressive thing for me was the shot he hit before the chip-in was like a pitching wedge from like 140 yards or, or like something like short like that. He just absolutely had a terrible shot to get there. Immediately yeah. recovered with the chip-in. I mean, it was just pretty impressive stuff. And like you yeah. said, he's just one of the most consistent golfers with hitting that little cut on all of his clubs. Um, and I actually read something about him when he was back at Cal. He did a test with his six iron, and they found out that his spread on his six irons was similar to an, a high-level pro spread on their pitching wedges. So he is just so accurate and consistent with uh, with his swing. And, you know, that really showed. And he's so young, too, 23 years old, and he's that good. Like, it's crazy to try and comprehend how much pressure we're on some of those shots that he was hitting down the stretch and just how dialed in they were. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's insane. And I am slightly interested, not really a fault to him at all, but I am slightly interested to watch him and some of these other young guys play when crowds come back. And I don't and see if that does affect any of them. I know some people handle crowds better than others, but I'm not saying that it would change it would have changed the outcome to yesterday. But I just think it's going to be pretty interesting to see that. Very good point. And I think when he chipped in, there would have been a huge roar. And then obviously the shot on 16, everyone just would have been going nuts. So exactly. you would have heard other people. Um, or other players at least get a little bit more in their head about what's going on, what's happening on the golf course. I think when Morikawa hit that shot on 16, Paul Casey was on 17, and he like looked back and he saw the ball land and it rolled up and he was just like, "Oh, who hit that?" I know. And he kind of smiled. I, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge Paul Casey guy. I don't really like him that much, but uh, I mean, he played so well the whole day. He's yeah. playing with Brooks, who couldn't do anything. He kept it together the whole day. And honestly, he's been around for so long and not winning. I know they kept talking about the stat where he's like been in 64 majors and never won, and that's like the most out yeah. there right now. I just kind of was feeling bad for him. I didn't really want him to win, but you know, he played well enough to win. Um, and Colin just played better at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, he hit the shots when he needed to hit them. Yeah. So it's going to be super interesting. I think we have uh, six majors in the next 11 months or something crazy like that. So this is just the start of major golf. And with all these young guys, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, there couldn't have been a more exciting golf tournament we saw yesterday. But uh, moving on, just a couple other guys, uh, big names. We have Brooks. Brooks kind of came up with a comment uh, Saturday after the round of uh, kind of taking a shot at DJ about uh, how he, Brooks has been able to close majors and maybe DJ hasn't. Um, Rory backed up DJ. And, you know, there, there's kind of been a lot of stories about Brooks and DJ's relationship, how they're close friends, and then how maybe there was a falling out or so. Um, but, you know, Brooks, that's just kind of how Brooks motivates himself. But what were your big takeaways from, from those comments and, and the reaction? I almost think it, the comments made Brooks look like an asshole. Yeah. And I think the media definitely helped stir that um but i don't think he meant those comments in that type of way like he i think he generally was like oh yeah dj has one major championship but you know i have four right um so i think it was definitely lost in how the media overreacted to it but i think at the end of the day it made him 
just looked like a total asshole. And then when he couldn't cash the checks he was writing on Sunday, it just stirred it even more. So yeah. now he's kind of dug himself into a hole, which I don't think he really cares about because um, he just knows he's living the life and he'll win plenty more major championships down the road. Um, but definitely kind of uh, he was he was stirring the pot all week. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, that I feel like that was just a really honest comment. Like, I yeah. literally think he was like, yeah, like, I've closed these out before, and, like, these guys, some of these guys haven't. So I yeah. feel confident in my own. And I was kind of sick of the media the whole week talking to Brooks, like, oh, how confident do you feel? Like, do you feel like you're the best player out here? And, like, what's he yeah. supposed to do? Like, say no? And so yeah. uh, I think that the media kind of knows they can get Brooks on comments because he is just pretty honest about, like, how he feels, and I think that they try to box him in a little bit, but at the end of the day, I mean, when you put yeah. that in writing, he looks like a, a dick, so, um, yep. yeah, that, kind of, that's my only takeaway, obviously, he didn't follow up on Sunday, and they really didn't even show him the whole day on the broadcast, which was kind of crazy. Yeah, because he was, like, three over, he, yeah. he finished, like, three over, tied for 30th. Yeah. It just had a horrible day. Terrible. Um, and then, speaking of, you know, Horrible days, kind of back-to-back. We had uh, our boy Jordan. Um, just at this point, I really just feel bad for him, uh, kind of hoping that he can somehow figure it out. But it is really mental, like we've talked about in the past. Uh, but, you know, it just wasn't a, wasn't his week at all. Yeah, he's, he's less than fine. Yeah. He needs to either do something with a swing coach a, or, you know, new caddy. Uh, you know, granted, credit where credit's due, he's sticking with the people who have got him to where he is today, and I think that's very honorable. But I think when it comes down to it, he's just in a huge slump right now. Um, and we saw him be so dominant, you know, a few years ago, that it's going to take just a, a very big comeback. But I, I don't know, I don't know how that's going to happen, and I, I can't comment on what he's going to do next because I think he has a lot of different options. Uh, but it'll definitely be interesting to see because there's got to be some sort of change in the next, you know, couple months toward or you know towards the off season. And he doesn't have much time to do it either because, you know, it's not like we have you know we have the playoffs and we have the U.S. Open and we have the Masters, and then it just rolls right into the next season. So he doesn't have you know the couple months of downtime where he can make a change like this. Yeah, you know, normally we're finishing off the season in the next three weeks or so yeah and then they have after that they have five months until they really start ramping up in january so it's definitely have to come quick the one thing i will kind of, i know that him and his caddy are, are very close and i've been together yeah. for a long time but whenever i hear them mic'd up and i hear speak like kind of complaining a little bit to him i'm just not sure how good that relationship is i could see speak like trying to partner up with someone like, you know, like Bones or someone like that who's been around for a while and might not, yeah. I don't know, for lack of better terms, like take his shit as much. I think that yeah. could be helpful. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, I just feel bad for him. I really hope in the best in, in finding his game. You know, the other guys, JT and Rory, played, you know, on and off throughout the week, and, and they really just never put anything together. I think we're both in agreement there that their games are fine. They just kind of got off yeah. with some slower starts. Um, but did you have anything big around around those two guys in particular? No, I think it was just a couple, like, Rory made 14 birdies, 14 bogeys. Mm -hmm. Like, 
if he doesn't make 14 bogeys, you know, and and, and really capitalize on some of the, the the birdies he did make, then he's right there up there with the lead. Yeah. So it's just the mistakes that ultimately cost him, you know, competing in this tournament, and that just can't happen in major championship golf. And he, I think he said that like straight up. Yeah. It's like you just can't make the mistakes in this type of environment. Totally agree that I know he is struggling a little bit on the wedge game, uh, especially with distance control. So he said he's taking this week off. He's going to go back to Jupiter yeah. practice. And, I mean, him and JT are both up there pretty high in the FedEx Cup with JT leading it. You know, those next couple of weeks playing for that 10 mil, you know those guys are, are going to be come to play. Yeah, and JT just won a WGC. Like His game is looking great. Yeah, so I'm least worried about JT. He'll yeah. be absolutely fine. And then what about Tiger? Uh, you know, Tiger had a pretty up-and-down week. We didn't really expect him to, to play that well. Uh, no. You know, he didn't play that well at all. And then Sunday he put together a nice – I think he was like three under, um, which is a great way to cap it off and I'm sure give him confidence. But, you know, definitely a little too, uh, little, little too late there. Yeah, it's one of those events where it was cold, it was wet, mm-hmm. you know – it's a long golf course. He hasn't been playing much. It, it almost reminded me of when he played in the PGA Championship at Bethpage. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't the right week for him to go out and play well. Like his, you know, it was it was hard for him to stay warm. His body was, you know, not in that. You know, it's eighty degrees out. It's hot. My body's firing, and I think that ultimately led him from playing well. And I think he he knows that. Um, yeah, he's going to pick and choose. Obviously, he was going to play this week, but he might have known it would have been a little bit harder for him to compete this week versus, you know, the Masters um, or, you know, a U.S. Open in more of a, a warmer climate, faster golf course um, type environment. Absolutely. The one thing I will say there is we do have Masters coming up in October, I think it is. But uh, it's. I was looking up the weather for that weekend, and on average, it's like in the 50s. So yeah. I, that might kind of play a factor too. Obviously, for Tiger, you're looking at anywhere from 75 to 80 and higher, even to to kind of really allow his back to not tighten up. But yeah. it's also good to see him play four days and on the last day play his best. So I think that that yeah. says something to do with his health, and I think it also has something to do with how rusty he was from just not playing um, a little bit as well. Definitely. Then DJ did have, we mentioned him earlier with Brooks, but he did have the overnight lead going into Sunday. Honestly, was kind of in the driver's seat most of the round and then just couldn't put anything together closing. Um, I know he's kind of been in that situation before, but I didn't really feel like he lost his tournament as much as Marukawa won it. Um, and then, you know, he drained a huge pot on 18 to get a tied second. I saw that that pot was worth half a million dollars, which is insane. <laughs> Um, Crazy. But, yeah, I mean, just, just kind of nothing there from his round Sunday. Yeah, um, I think – I agree with you. I, I really can't speak to why he didn't, like, play any better. I just – when he comes out on these, uh, like, Sundays, he just – I don't see him have the fire that mm-hmm. I see some guys like Morikawa have. Um, and I think maybe that's just his personality, but – I just didn't see the motivation there on Sunday to like compete. I don't know. I totally, I totally, I feel that as well. It's, it's almost, you know, there's, you know, there's guys who are more fiery and there's guys who are less fiery. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes the guys who are less fiery 
just have are better at controlling it and, and yeah. just don't show it. For him, sometimes I just feel like he, he's not as like he doesn't care as much as some yeah. of the other guys, which maybe is unfair. But uh, that's just kind of how it, it's perceived by the way he's like walking around and acting. Yeah, definitely. And then we got Tony Finau. Um, obviously, he played really well the whole week. Uh, and, you know, the, it was, the narrative's there. We got Tony top tens. You know, he just uh, making top tens every tournament. Not really scaring, to be honest. He had a couple birdies on the back, but really didn't didn't scare the lead or, or get up there um, in a chance to, to win. Um, he just kind of can't get over that final hump. Yeah, and I wonder what the reaction is going to be when he actually does get over the final hump. I mean, he's making a shitload of money. So much he's money. Just, <laughs> he's just not uh, not getting the W. I know. It's crazy. I was looking it up, and what they say, he had like 30 top 10s in the last yeah. three years or something like ridiculous like that. So, um, I mean, the guy's not – he's doing fine on the pocket. It's just I'm sure he's going to get frustrated on, on not pulling these out. But he's yeah. so talented and hits the ball so far that he's yeah. going to do it one of these times. And he was playing with Bryson Sunday, and he's out there with Bryson – every time um and yeah. so you know yeah those two in 50 degree weather were hitting the ball like 300 plus like that's just stupid yeah it was it was crazy um and then you know another big hitter matthew wolf threw a little 65 out there yesterday didn't make a putt over 15 feet and also lipped out a four footer and still shot 65 I, that guy is crazy talented yeah, he's good, and we'll definitely be seeing him around at 21 years old. He's got a, such a long career ahead of himself that it almost goes into show like how actually talented and scary good this younger generation is coming out onto the PGA Tour, and like what it's going to be like when all these guys are like when Matthew Wolf is 29 to mm -hmm. 35 years old, and then a new generation comes in. Yeah, you know, what's that going to be like? Because these people or these guys continue to just get more exposure to playing in events on the PGA Tour at such a young age, like when they're still in college, that it just prepares them so much better for when they actually get out here and have to compete. Um, and then they're able to leverage, you know, like Matthew Wolf is able to re leverage like Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, you know, some of the older guys, not older, but more developed, younger Tenor. crew. Yeah. to help mentor them and get them better when they're actually in contention um, in these major championships. So it's going to be exciting to watch. Oh, absolutely. Two more guys want to touch on quickly. First, Jason Day. Uh, didn't Don't have much there. Just wanted to just say I was happy to see him play well, play with the back, um, and, and, and you know finish high in a major. Then the last guy I wanted to ask you about was Bryson. Best finish in a major of his career. Played pretty well the whole week. I was really surprised that that was his best finish. But, um, yeah, I mean, how do you think that the Bryson experiment translated to major golf? It worked. I mean, he competed, and he contended in the tournament. I mean, he was bombing the, the golf ball. He was hitting it down close to the green, having wedges in. Um, and he was a shot or two away from, you know, winning the tournament. Um, so just because he didn't win this week doesn't mean the experiment has failed by any means. Yeah. I would say it's a positive overall, yeah. you know, having your top best finish. And especially on a golf course Definitely. that really was punishing people for missing the fairway if you yeah. had a bad lie. And, yeah. you know, that was, that's kind of the downside with, with his game right now is he can kill it, but it's just can he keep up that accuracy that he has been doing. So positive Definitely. stuff from him. 
Moving on to the rotating topic, uh, you know, this kind of stems from Colin Marikawa being 23 and, and winning his first major. Uh, and, and, you know, of course, every young guy who wins is going to be the next Tiger Woods. And I think Colin Marikawa is going to have a great career. But the, the rotating topic today is, will Tiger be the best ever? Or will there be a young guy like Colin or, or down the road who comes up and becomes a better golfer than him? Um, so uh, I'll let you answer this one first. I think Tiger will be the best ever because look at Jordan Spieth five years ago. Yeah. He was dominating. He won three quick majors right out of the gate, and everyone was like, wow, is this the new Tiger Woods? And now he's in a huge slump. It's just so hard to dominate golf in today's environment for as long as Tiger Woods has done it. Um, so, no, I don't think anyone will get close to 15 majors, and I don't think anyone will get close to 18 majors. Um, it's just too hard. There's too much talent, and golf is going to be getting more challenging as the courses get longer and um, they add new and different ideas to to kind of grow the game. Totally agreed. Uh, it, I'm kind of on the same boat as you. Like the longevity and like persona that Tiger had, especially back in like the early 2000s, um, around like people were actually like. Um, new Tiger was coming for the leaders and stuff like that. I just don't think that'll ever be matched uh, in just like the atmosphere that he brings. Um, but you know, there'll be guys who win you know, a ton of majors and, and great golfers that'll come up and I'm sure these young guys will do the same thing, but yep. to, to win as many as him and to have that persona, I just don't know if it will ever be matched again. Agree. Definitely agree. Uh, and then uh, no interview this week. Uh, as a reminder, we are looking for help. So if you want to be our third, help us out on social or video editing. Shoot us email, bladedwedge at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitch and Instagram. Um, and then a reminder, next week probably we'll roll Monday. Um, maybe we'll do an in-person episode. I don't know. Well, we're going to figure that out. But, uh, you know, thanks for supporting, and we'll see you guys soon. Later.